We're told in church documents, and we're told that as Catholics and as a church, we are to dialogue with the world, meaning we have something to say, something that we give freely, something that we don't force on anyone, but something that's worth telling, and that is that we're beloved children of God, beloved sons, beloved daughters of God, and so are you, whoever we're talking to. And that our Lord Jesus came, condescended, took on human nature, died for us, rose for us, redeemed us. Our fallen human nature can be redeemed, can be elevated. Through the baptism, through the sacrament of baptism, we move from a creature of God to a beloved child of God. That is where it happens. That is when it happens. And when we become a member of the church through baptism, we can look at the world straight in the eye and say, you're better than this. The world right now doesn't want a dialogue. The world right now wants to control, wants to demean, wants to tell us how to live. Simple as that. But we are to look them straight in the eye with no fear, just as Peter did to the Sanhedrin and say, if you are persecuting me because we do good, because we heal, because there are miracles in our church, because of our risen Lord, well, all I have to say to you is there's no name under heaven other than the name of Jesus in which we can be saved, in which we have been redeemed, in which our future resides. We as a church are on pilgrimage, pilgrimage to our next life, to our home in heaven. The world wants us to be comfortable here on this earth. Pope Benedict, for an example, Pope Benedict XVI has commented on modern culture, especially modern Western culture, and said that in developed countries, the birth rate is relatively low and low, so low in some of them that there's not enough to replace the adults who pass away from natural causes. And some of us will be convinced by the world to say, well, it's because of how expensive it is to have children. It's because of finances, and that's a real burden, and it's a real challenge, and not everyone is blessed with all the same finances. But as an example, of a family who's living the life, who is looking the world in the eyes and saying, you're wrong, we live for Christ. There's this family that made news a couple of years ago and it came back up again this week. They have 14 kids, some of which are in college. They live outside of DC, I think it's in Maryland, one of the most expensive areas in the country to live, and they have no debt. And only the father works, I think it's the father. I think one of them works. I think it's the father. But they've lived in such a way so that they can still tithe. They lived in such a way so that they don't eat out. They lived in such a way that when they get new clothes or anything like that, it's always secondhand. Their kids go to community college for the first two years, and then they go to public college after that. There are ways to make this work. The world will tell us it's finances. And I don't want to get, give anyone the wrong impression. Some of us are not blessed with a lot of children. Some of us have infertility issues, and that's is extremely painful. 
Some of us have been cursed, or well, seemingly cursed, with a lot of miscarriages, and that's extremely painful. Some of us have not been blessed with well-behaved kids, and so well, I don't know if we want to have any more. Some of us have children who have mental and physical illnesses right off the bat, and that is expensive. And so I'm not saying the number of children you have is equals how holy you are or how Catholic you are. My point is, it's fear of the future and the idea that the future will not be better than the present. That is what's underlying all, everything that the world says. And if we stop and think about our own behavior, not just with children, but how we spend our money, and if our goal, or how we spend our money, how we spend our time, what's important to us. And if we stop and think, is that what we really believe? I mean, the world tells it to us all the time. In every movie, every, there's always post-apocalyptic post movies. And it's always climate change is going to kill us all, and it's all our fault. And it's just bad news one day after another. People in third world countries and our ancestors in the early 20th century, the early 1900s, as, as, early, as close as that, and maybe even the 1950s with the baby boom, the future is bright, the future will be better than the present. That's what mankind has believed throughout history until today, until the modern world. And so why would we want to bring children into this world if we think, even subconsciously, that it's going to be worse than in the past? Why will we work, put in extra effort to make this world better if we think it's useless, if it's just going to be a worse world in the future anyway? We need to look at the world straight in the eyes and say, it's not comfort that we desire, it's heaven. One of the great virtues of the modern world is self-comfort, one of the great goals in life. And this is something we can reflect on and each of us can think about it. Do I live my life in such a way that self-comfort is my ultimate goal? Am I, do I have less stress when I know, okay, my retirement is going to be taken care of? Great. Do I have less stress when I know that, okay, I'm not rocking the boat with anybody. I don't even want to rock the boat. I just want everything to be at peace. I just don't want anything else to cause me anxiety. I want to be comfortable because that's what this life is all about. That's what the goal of this life is. Do we tell ourselves that? Do we go out there and do we dialogue with the people that, or do we go and dialogue with the people in whatever capacity that we have? Sometimes online, sometimes in person, sometimes through a ministry, sometimes with somebody in your own house. Do we dialogue with people that do not believe the same that we believe? Do we want them to know the truth? Do we want them to know that Jesus is the good shepherd, that they are children of God? That when Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, he means you. He was speaking 2,000 years ago. The other sheep are all future generations. That is who he wants in his flock. He doesn't want us to judge. He wants us to act like him. He wants us to be selfless like him. He wants us to lay down our lives for others. An extremely difficult challenge in modern America. Because our lives are comfortable. Even if we stress out, they're really not that big of stressors right now. 
No one's pointing a gun to us. We don't have war. I mean, think about living in Syria, for example. Think about being a Christian living in the Middle East anywhere. We don't have any of those challenges. And yet those are the people that when we read stories about them, when they come to, not just when they come to church, because that's just a point in their day, in their life, but they live a life of happiness because they know the future will definitely be brighter. It has to be. It can't get worse than that. It can't get worse than your neighbors trying to murder you. It can't get worse than that. And if we die for the Lord, we will rise with the Lord. Self-comfort and complacency and complaining are modern and terrible errors to enter into. But the Lord calls us, and he loves us. And the benefit to being one of his sheep is the confidence and the knowledge to know that tomorrow might not look like today, sure. But will it be better? Yes, because there will be you in it. There will be other people, again, just going back to children, because that's just the main image I want you to have, but not the only image, because there will be one more person alive in this world that we can love and who can love us. The world will be better tomorrow, because... God said he'll be with us tomorrow. No matter what challenge comes before us, no matter what wolf comes at us, the good shepherd will be there if we pray to him, if we stay close to him, if we always look towards him, if we're one of those sheep that look at the Lord and keep our eyes on the prize, which is the love of God and the comfort that God can bring and the community that the other sheep can bring as well. If we're one of those sheep, we can make it through this life, not without scars and not without sacrifice, but we will make it through this life with joy and peace and hope 